0: Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thrizer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 200 of Selling the Couch. I hope you are having a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. I can't believe we're here already. I felt like it was just literally the other day, even though I guess the other day has been more like four years. But uh, I felt like it was just the other day where I was purchasing a microphone for the podcast on Amazon, uh, trying to figure out how to operate it, trying to figure out how to plug it all in and trying to re- learn how to record. I feel like it was a you know, just the other day where I was recording that very first episode of the podcast, the intro episode, which between you and I, I ended up recording four times because I was so self-conscious of all the ums and ahs that I was saying. And one of the neatest things of podcasting is that it's made me more confident in myself as a person and It's made me a better speaker, and uh, I'm just so grateful for this medium of podcasting. It's uh, changed my life and in careers that I could have never imagined, and I could not have done any of this without each of you uh, tuning in listening to these episodes, sharing it with our colleagues for the sweet notes that you send me, for the reviews of the podcast that you uh, that you leave for me. And so I wanted more than anything this episode, particularly every episode, but this episode especially, just to celebrate each one of you. Uh, today's podcast session is a topic that I have a lot of passion about, which is, we called it the things to have in place before scaling to multiple income streams. My guest is Nicole Leloya. Nicole is a licensed clinical social worker up in New Jersey, and she's someone that I really trust when it comes to creating multiple income streams and the things that we should think about. I don't know for you, but if you're ever in this online space, for me, like I've been constantly bombarded with, you know, you need to have multiple income streams and multiple income streams. But I think there aren't enough conversations sometimes about What do we need to have in place before creating multiple income streams? Because the reality is for every income stream that you create, you have to have systems and processes in place. And if you're not careful, every one of those income streams brings its own level of stress. And so you have to learn how to manage that and make sure that you have things in place before we jump in. So Nicole and I are talking about a number of different things, including what are the three biggest advantages to creating additional income streams? What are some of the things to be aware of when we create additional income streams? And then what are the most important things to have in place when we create those income streams? Hey friends, it's Melvin. Before we get to today's podcast episode, just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Wellers for supporting today's podcast session. So the traditional model of renting office space is that you may rent for a day or half a day and you pay for it regardless of whether you use it, right? So for example, let's say a client cancels or a client no-shows or you get sick, you're still paying for that office space. Wellers employs a new model, which is a therapy office as a service. So you only pay for the time that you actually use it. So, for example, you might, uh, and, and all of this is done actually through Weller's online scheduling portal. So if you are a therapist that's looking for office space, you would connect with other therapists that are on the Weller's network. Um, you would see the office space, see pictures of the office space, get descriptions or all of that kind of stuff, see in terms of availability, and then reach out to the person that rents the office space, get to know them as a person. Right. And then uh, anytime that you need that office space, if you, if both of you decide it's a mutually good fit, anytime you need that office space, you would simply use the Wellers portal to schedule. Now, if you're on the other side of it, where you are the, you are a private practice owner that has office space that you're not, that's not being utilized at all hours, then you can actually be part of the Wellers network and it's completely free. To list, your office space, and Wellers only makes money if if you actually have someone that books the office space. You can learn more about Wellers and the awesome services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Wellers. And Wellers is is spelled W-E-L-L-E-R-Z. And if you go through that link, you can get one hour free credit to book anywhere. We'll get right to today's conversation. Um, here's my conversation with Nicole Lilloya from com. Hey, Nicole, welcome back to Selling the Couch.
1: Hi, I'm so excited to be back here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I was uh, when you had reached out. Well, it took me a little bit of time just to reach back out just because of baby stuff. But I was so glad you reached out because you're one of the people that I, I really do respect when it comes to Thoughtfully creating multiple income streams, ethically doing that and all of those things. I'm looking forward to our conversation today.
1: Well, I really appreciate you saying that because I think that there is so much information out there about multiple income streams and it can be really overwhelming, especially for therapists who have unique things to assess when they're deciding their multiple income streams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we were thinking about the topic for this episode, we, I think we thought about a bunch of different things. And then I think the thing that we kind of settled on is a lot of us want to have multiple income streams, but a lot of us also have questions about when are we ready for that? And that's what today's topic is. And so I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yes, me too.
0: I wanted to start, and I've I've actually mentioned this story or quote, like multiple times on the podcast, but it's always stood out to me. So during internship, I had a, a great supervisor, Dan, if you're listening, shout out to you. He used to tell me, you know, Melvin, when you are done with internship and postdoc and you get licensed, just always remember to have your hand in multiple pots when it comes to income streams. I love that quote because one, I know that I never thought of multiple income streams at that point in my life. And right. I never even saw the wisdom of it because I just assumed I would get, You know, at that point in my life, I was planning on working at a university counseling center or a VA. And I just never thought of you know, creating multiple or the need for it. Um, I was just curious to hear kind of your thoughts on that, that quote of, you know, always have your hand in multiple pots.
1: You know, I love that you got that advice because I think it's so rare to hear that from people. And I think too, a lot of it depends on how you grew up. And I mean, I grew up with, you know, in a two parent household, two working parents, but they each had one job. (laughs) They certainly didn't have You know, other opportunities for income or extra work or other income streams. I mean, they definitely did things like saved and some investments and stuff like that, but you know, it certainly wasn't anything that. You know, was taught to me at a young age. And I really never got any advice about that either in grad school or anything like that. So it's great that other people are putting that out there. And I do think that, you know, for solo business owners, which are a lot of therapists, especially when they start out in business, we do need to think about how can we create secure financial stability in our future.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think so. All of this like really resonates for me because. Just to be fully transparent, you know, ever since our daughter's been born this past year, I mean, there's been situations where, for example, I couldn't see clients or because mm-hmm. we had a random doctor's appointment or, you know, for example, the allergy doctor may only have a limited availability, right. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Or, you know, a child, she got sick a couple of times. I got sick a couple of times. And what I just kept thinking during those moments were, So for me, like I've been very fortunate to create some additional income streams. I feel like I'm still learning this stuff. But I feel like I kept thinking back to like 2015 when I first started STC where I didn't have that. Right. I remember the stress of that, you know, because it wasn't just, you know, my baby's sick. Now it's, oh my gosh, here's the loss of income too.
1: Right. Right. right.
0: right. I feel like a lot of our field really struggles with that, right? If, because we... If we're not working, there's no income coming in.
1: Yeah. And I really also think, you know, just having the one income stream too really does lead to a lot of high anxiety, a lot of burnout because, you know, a lot of therapists are really every month, not sure what their income is going to be. You know, it's like, how do I have to get new clients now? You know, and you're constantly on guard, on edge, on alert. And it's like you're in fight or flight mode all the time. And it can be really draining and exhausting. And I know that was one of the reasons I really, you know, was interested in multiple income streams. I just hated the idea of every month having to feel like I was starting from scratch.
0: Mm. Yeah. And even, I mean, we're recording this in, you know, mid June here and, traditionally, even this end of June, July, a lot of clients go on vacation. So Mm -hmm. whether we want to, you know, have whether, uh, whether we expect it to have that downturn or not, like it's, it usually happens, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And I know, just talking to a lot of clinicians, this period particularly is very stressful.
1: Right. And honestly, you know, I think too, like it really just depends on your marketing and what you're doing to get yourself out there. Cause I have a lot of clients who actually stay quite booked in the summer because a lot of therapists disappear. So the other therapists who are there, who are staying present kind of get a lot of new clients because other people are just not around or not putting in the same effort. So, you know, I think the mindset piece and really just kind of planning and being strategic about these things is important. And if you want to take the summer off, too, that's totally fine. But it's nice to know you can do that, and then don't have to worry at the end of the summer about you know getting things going again or having that pressure.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like the real key thing is one of the things of being a small business owner is we get to dictate our schedule, but it's also good to be planful and thoughtful if we want the summer right. off, like.
1: We do. We sort of have to take charge of like, what happens to us, right? And, and just remember that you know, we can change things and yes, things happen, but you know, we can always put new plans in place or experiment with new ideas too.
0: You said earlier, you know, ev- most, particularly solo practitioners have one income stream. And so I, I kind of felt like this maybe could be a whole episode, but I was curious about this. How does one know when you're ready, when you have one income stream and you're ready for a second income stream?
1: Yeah. So I think that personally, it's really important, which a lot of people are not clear on this. is really knowing how much money do you want and need to make each year. Right. And I think that, you know, We're not used to choosing that number. We have the ability to choose that number, right? You know, it's not a job anymore where we're given a salary and then we have to make it work. That's what's really exciting about being a business owner. We can choose our income and we can then create action plans that help us hit that income goal.
0: As you were talking, like, so this is the first time this year I I hired a bookkeeper to help me manage the STC books because I wanted to actually see what income was coming in, where it was coming in from. And the fact that you just said that, like how much, how do you figure out, like first of all, you need to figure out how much money you're actually creating. And Mm -hmm. I know for me, if I'm completely honest, there was, I like personal finance, but there is a part of me, like I like to kind of be an ostrich when it comes to (laughs) knowing how much income is coming in and my total income. And this year particularly has been eye opening because now actually, you know, he sends me this like monthly report Right of where did the income coming where where are my expenses where is my income and and you know, it's been very eye opening for me for sure
1: yes I mean it's so important to really look at that and you know that's one of the things I do with my clients who are business owners is really like are you looking at how much you're making. A lot of times we're not operating from a place of, you know, for lack of a better word, reality, (laughs) we're like, I don't have any money or I don't have clients or I'm not making a lot or, and you know, we're really just not cognizant of how much we're actually bringing in. A lot of my clients are shocked by how much they've made, how much they're making. And, you know, they're also not aware of how much they really need to make to have the lifestyle that they want. so not just. Honestly, you know, paying your bare minimum expenses, but also like putting money aside for savings, putting money aside for retirement, treating yourself to time off, right? You know, being able to have those extras in life not having to count every dollar. So that's why I say it's really important to be clear on how much you want to make, right? Because that is, we can have control of that. But if we don't know the number, it's really unlikely to happen.
0: You said, uh, you used the word shocked. So I imagine some clinicians are shocked with how much income they're making. And then perhaps other clinicians are shocked by maybe how little income there is left after expenses. Is that is that what you meant? Kind of?
1: Actually, a lot are surprised by how much they do have coming in. Mm. And also once they start doing more strategic marketing or focusing on their business, it's able to increase quickly. Hmm. And, you know, it's funny because we just have this mindset of, you know, I have no money or it's hard to run a business. You know, we can be surrounded by other business owners with negative mindset. And a lot of times we're really just taking that in and we're not really looking at what we have. And yes, of course, too, it can be shocking to look at expenses. And I think too, you know, people just don't realize like there are expenses and that's okay.
0: Hmm. It's
1: not a bad thing to have business expenses, right. you know, there's going to be certain points where, you know, business expenses are going to be, you know, a certain percentage. Then they may level out and you may make more profit. And then if you are wanting to scale up, if you are wanting to go bigger, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, expenses are going to increase again for a little while before your income increases. So I do think not enough people are talking kind of about that income dip and, you know, how to not freak out about it.
0: It's mm, actually a really good point. I wanted to shift a little bit mm-hmm. to the kind of the meat of our conversation, which is, what would you say are the top three biggest advantages to creating additional income streams for private practitioners? I know we started talking a little bit about it, but I wanted to really kind of, you know, tease that out.
1: Yes. I think definitely, you know, long-term financial security, right? Like just knowing that if a client doesn't come in if a client cancels that you can make up for it other ways and i think too when you start having other income streams like groups or courses or you know there's just so many different things that you can do you can have a little bit more security too like you can book things out you know you're getting a certain amount of income for a certain amount of months stuff like that which i think kind of can ease up the inconsistency of the one to one client income
0: mm. So it's like I guess the the key thing I hear in that is like income stability or you at least get better idea
1: exactly, definitely you know not so much up and down, not so much roller coaster. Mm-hmm there's other options for you. And, you know, I think the second, truthfully, the second benefit that that plays into is, you know, less burnout. And I'm not going to say there's not going to be times you're going to work hard, you're not going to work hard or not going to have to put in extra time, you know, especially when you're setting up new things, it's going to be, you know, it can be a challenge. But I do think that overall, long-term, it does lead to less burnout because, you know, we don't have to put in that high level of time with one-to-one clients, which, you know, Can be quite draining after a period of time. At least it was for me, you know.
0: No, it was for me as well. I mean, when I was, especially like around 2012, I got when I first got licensed. I worked in a group practice, which I mean, I loved my clients, but there were like definitely because of the hours that I had to work and the long commute, Mm -hmm. the intensity of the clients. Like, I was definitely burnt out, you know. And because I also that was my single income stream, you know, so Mm -hmm. I, I had to keep it was almost like i was in this uh, rat race right and right. i had to keep working in order for the income but then i was burning out like so it was like this crazy pattern that it took me a long time to get out of it
1: right exactly so you know i do think that long term it does lead to less burnout mm-hmm. you know less burnout you know burnout prevention mm-hmm. because you're not constantly like i need to get booked out i need to get more clients i need to you know i need to be on guard for all of this
0: mm-hmm. so First one is long-term financial security. Second one is less burnout. And what about the third one?
1: You know, I really think it's creativity. Mm. I think that, you know... I think that it's nice for us to be able to try and experiment with different things. I think that, you know, depending where your training was, depending where you went to school, like I said, depending how you grew up, like, you know, the ideal for me when I first got out of school was like, just get that job that you're going to be at for a long time, (laughs) forever, maybe.
0: (laughs) That's the way I thought as well. Yeah,
1: (laughs) It was like, just get that job. And I remember even at the job, you know, it was like, I just want to see clients. I just want to be a clinician. You know, I never thought that I could be a leader or a manager or anything like that. Hmm. So I think that, you know, suddenly like the world is opened up to us. We have so much knowledge. We have so much skills. We have a desire to make a bigger impact. And, you know, we can do that through other income streams.
0: Yeah, no, particularly. And I think especially in our field, there's such demand for for like personal development kind of stuff, especially Mm -hmm. kind of niched personal development things.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think that you know, this is the good thing. We have a lot of training. We have a lot of experience in all kinds of different areas. So you know, our skills can apply so many places. Hmm. Now that's the good part. The bad part is sometimes it can be overwhelming, or (laughs) (laughs) you know, it could be hard for us to choose something. But the good news is that there are so many options
0: out there. I'm so glad you talked about the overwhelm. Not that I have any idea what you're (laughs) Uh, doing. Like truthfully, like I think the overwhelm just and I think this is going to resonate for a lot of folks that are listening which is a lot of us are very creative and I think it's our double-edged sword right on one hand the the creative spark is always there but on the other hand it can quickly (laughs) be followed by oh my gosh which one do I prioritize (laughs) or
1: exactly how do I break this down
0: into something that's manageable
1: right 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 and I think too like how you know and I think one of the important things with you know multiple income streams, which I had mentioned to you when we talked about this, Hmm. this interview is, you know, you have to be clear, you have to be specific. And I think that's something that we struggle with, because we do want to help everyone.
0: Right? Yeah. And speaking of which, I wanted to talk about the other side of this, because we've, you know, there are lots of interviews on create multiple income streams and, and do this. And, but all of creating anything in our business, right, comes with a certain level of stress, comes with planning, all those things. I wanted to talk about the other side of it, which is, what would you say are like the top three cons or the top three things to watch out for when it comes to creating multiple income streams?
1: I think the top, One of the top things to watch out for is that you want to still have that first income stream that's steady, right? And it's usually, let's be honest, it's going to be one to one clients for most of us, right? So, you know, you still want to make sure, at least in the beginning, um, that you do have some steady income for that. So, it may be that you need to, you know, get your marketing systems in place so that you do have more secure client generation, lead generation strategies in place and a plan in place. A lot of times we're kind of just going by the skin of our teeth, hoping people find us, you know, find our website, you know, and you do want to really make sure that you are building relationships and, you know, setting up different ways of clients coming in so that you don't have to constantly then be fixing that first income stream. So you want it to be steady.
0: Yeah. So I guess you're saying this, which is it's important to have that first income stream and the marketing solid before moving into additional income streams. Is that right? Or am I making it wrong? Yeah.
1: You do want to have a steady first income stream. You want to have secure income, right? Because otherwise I see this all the time. Like people are like, well, you know, I've been struggling to fill my client caseload. Should I write a book? Right. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, the other income streams do take time to set up. Nothing's instantly passive right. and it's going to be harder if you don't have that income.
0: Yeah, I'm set up and and maintain as well, right?
1: Right, exactly, set up and stable.
0: Right, so the first one is you wanna have that first income streams. What would you say like another sort of thing to watch out for when it comes to multiple income streams?
1: The other thing that I see is people try to go to a different niche.
0: Huh, so say more about that.
1: I mean, and I did it myself, so (laughs) I know from experience, Mm -hmm. but you know, so maybe their specialty or they have the, you know, a general practice, they're, you know, helping all kinds of clients and then they're like, oh, you know, I can help other therapists and, you know, then you really do have to build a whole audience of therapists, right? I'm sure you see this all the time, right? It's like, oh, I've gotten things going. I have a successful practice. Let me help other therapists. Yeah. And, you know, you do really still have to build an audience and nurture an audience of of therapists then if you want that to be consistent, you know?
0: Right. So I guess the other side of that is by doing that, that at you really should have systems in place to be able to handle that because that's almost i don't know if it's like twice the it's work it's like artists, a
1: second business yeah
0: it is absolutely yeah i mean i mean that's honestly one of the things that i i'm trying to navigate because i mm-hmm. have stc and then i have private practice right now when i when i created the private practice i try to have overlap in terms of the folks that i saw which I right. think was in hindsight was a good idea <laughs> i don't know that yes. in the moment i thought through that but but you're right like there is this whole thing like at a practical lo- level, like I've had to set up like two different LLCs, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so you really do have to think about, let me say it this way, it's a lot easier if that second sort of idea is related to like you said, to that first one.
1: Yes, it's absolutely so much easier. And, you know, I think this is where the strategy piece comes in mind mm-hmm. and you know, the strategy piece that a lot of us didn't learn, right? We're just like, okay, let's start something fresh and new. But, you know once again, if you don't want to have a lot of time or money or financial resources to put in a completely different business, you really should be looking at how can I optimize what I currently know who I'm helping and and link it all together.
0: Mm-hmm. You said earlier that you made this mistake. So like, what did, like, what was the niche you were in and where did you go to? And yeah. So and- when
1: I started my private practice, um, I first also discovered coaching around the same time and was really intrigued by the creativity piece of it and the flexibility. And I liked the idea of the packages, you know, I don't have a family or kids, but I'm single, I'm living in an expensive area. So I liked the idea of like that secure income and you know, that clients couldn't drop off all the time. But you know, basically if you start coaching, it pretty much is a separate business to be safe with our licenses and everything like that. So, you know, I had the therapy practice, which was targeted to women who were anxious, depressed, you know, in their twenties, not happy with their careers. And then I started a coaching business and I kind of was like you, I, I did at least a similar offshoot of it. Mm. I focused on stress management. Mm. So I felt like it was separate enough that it wasn't going to cross the therapy boundaries, but it was still connected to like, in, like, to my trainings Mm -hmm. for therapy. I did mindfulness training, things like that. You know, it was still two businesses. Like you're not going to find therapy clients and coaching clients in the same space. And especially not six years ago when I started, (laughs) (laughs) most people weren't doing that anyway. You know, it was still new, very new back then. So it was kind of like, you know, therapy clients come to you locally for the most part find you within a range of your distance, you can easily target and build relationships with local people. But then, you know, opening up coaching was like opening up a can of worms because suddenly I had thought, Oh, I could help anyone now. Hmm. And yeah, you really, you know, it's a lot of marketing. It's very different marketing, very different strategies, which I'm sure you've seen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That that had to be such, I don't know, humbling process to realize (laughs) that, you know?
1: Yes. And then, you know, I feel like, too, there was a point, too, where then I was doing you know, more online income Mm. to separate from that. So I was doing more like affiliate income and I had a course and I had self-published a book. So I really felt like I had like three separate businesses. I was just targeting all these different people. And yeah, it was really fun to say I had a lot of income streams. And, you know, I think at that point I had like nine different things that were bringing in income. And, you know, I know they say that millionaires have like an average of like seven income streams, but you know, in the beginning that was too much. I was All over the place. I was scattered, and you know, it really—it was. I overworked myself.
0: I never heard that. That's an interesting millionaires. uh...
1: Yes, yes, they do. But of course, you know, it's different when you're at. You know, I think back then I was at. You know, say sixty thousand dollars, and you know, coming in from seven income streams. That means you're really scattered.
0: Yeah, right. And you're. I imagine that you were trying to do the majority of it trying to manage.
1: Right. Right. I was definitely I mean, I had a VA for a few things, but you know, I was definitely doing the bulk of it and not doing a good job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about the the final kind of thing to watch out for when it comes to income streams?
1: The final thing to watch out for is you know, consistency. You have to be consistent. You have to give time things to work out. And I think that a lot of people, you know, they are burnt out. They're kind of thinking about income streams almost too late, multiple income streams too late, right? There is that fine line where you want to be getting to that steady place and then you want to be thinking about how can I, how can I grow my audience? How can I grow this audience in a different way? What else can I offer? Right. If you're interested in other income streams. And I think a lot of times people are burnt out when they're looking at it or it's like, Hey, it's summer. My business is going to slow down. How do I get something passive going? And it's kind of like, it's a little too late right now. <laughs>
0: right. I, I would think, at least for me, like it would come from a place of fear as opposed to like, and for me, usually fear stunts my creativity. Right. A little bit. I mean, there are times where it, it can heighten, but a lo- usually it, it stunts it. So,
1: right. And I think that's where we get, can get like almost sloppy, you know, and sort of like grab for different things and say, I see this person doing this, so maybe I should do that rather than really kind of taking the time. And a lot of it's because, you know, we don't really have we haven't been trained to do that, right? We might look at our clients and make plans for them, but we don't think about our business in that way. We're still like operating as an employee. We're focused on delivering amazing services. We're focused on our clients. We're focused on maybe new certifications and upping our skills. And we're not really focused on the bird's eye view of our business.
0: Mm, Such a good point. I wanted to wrap up kind of with the simple question. And maybe this again is sort of like just three things to kind of be aware of, but what would you say are the most important things that we should have in place when we, or even, you know, when we decide to scale into other income streams?
1: Right. So I would say, you know, one of the things is, you know, definitely a clear target market, a clear niche, because, you know, that's where that mistake comes from. And that's where you get really worn out is by trying to target too many people, by trying to help everyone or by not really optimizing how your working with your current audience and thinking about what else can you do for them or what else can you do for other people struggling with the same issues, you know, that aren't your clients, because obviously we're always careful with our clients and, you know, ethics and things like that. But, you know, really say, think about that rather than kind of going in and trying to work with a new audience.
0: Clear niche.
1: And then, you know, once again, secure, secure income from that first income stream, secure, some sort of secure income, because it's going to be so much more stressful if you're trying to work on multiple income streams at once with no real idea of how to bring in stable income. Right.
0: So Nicole, I wanted to ask you, like, because I've always wondered about this. How do you know, like when you, okay, so we, we've talked from going from mm-hmm. one income to, to the second income stream, but how do we know when we're like ready to go from, like second to third or third to fourth, like, is that, is it depend on like systems or like when that second income stream is bringing in a certain level of income? I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I guess, yeah. I I don't know, know.
1: I think it's all like unique and it really depends on what other income streams you're looking for. And I think too, at that point, you know, and I would say you know, let's say you're at like hundred K with like one to two income streams, right? At that point too, then it's also looking at what systems do you have in place? Where can you start to, you're going to have to be, you're not going to be able to work one-to-one as much with people anymore. You know, you're going to get burnt out. A lot of my clients are shocked because I'm like, you have to cut back on your one-to-one hours. I'm like, you can't, you can't do that anymore. You know, it's just, you're going to get burnt out as you add in the new income streams, ironically, you know, to avoid that. You know, you so you do want to have systems and processes in place. Hopefully, even at least a VA a little bit to do a lot of that busy work, that admin work that takes up time, but doesn't isn't you know isn't required for you to be part of.
0: Um, Any other tips? Just things to have in place.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think really make sure that you are looking at different income streams. You're really assessing like a lot of the income streams out there and thinking about you know how do I feel about these income streams? You know, don't hold yourself back because they scare you. The, one of the things I thought I would never do was groups. And, you know, now masterminds are one of my most, you know, biggest income streams I think bigger than one-to-one and one of my favorite ways to work with people. And I was just like, I'll never do groups. So I think we block ourselves from a lot of things or, you know, we make assumptions about looking at other people. We're influenced, I should say. Hmm. We're easily influenced by what other business owners are doing and not really seeing the behind the scenes of it.
0: That's such a, yeah, such a good point. Nicole, I'm so grateful for you. I'm just grateful for your knowledge and just your ability to be real and actually talk about <laughs> you know, the good, bad, and ugly of of building a I
1: try. (laughs) It's all there and it's all possible, but, you know, it's important to really be realistic about it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And have
1: fun with it. So you can have fun with it and not, you know, feel disappointed all the time.
0: Yeah, and I think like for me, that's such a good point because for me, like when I took that mentality of creating multiple income streams, initially it was from a place of fear, but then once I think- I had that, like you, to your point, once I had that first income stream, mm-hmm. the fear seemed to dissipate and the creativity right. seemed to more kind of filled in that space. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. That's really cool. So, um, where can we learn more about you and the awesome work that you're doing in the world?
1: Yeah. So I would recommend that everyone come on over and grab my multiple income streams guide and they can grab that at Deloya.com slash therapist hyphen income hyphen streams. And that is actually a particular guide I created for therapists with just a list of, I think like 10 or 11 income streams. So that way you can really kind of assess, you know, what's out there, what might I be interested in and, you know, what can I start to look forward to now? That way you can get ahead of it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And I'll definitely put that on the show notes page, which you guys can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 199. Nicole, thank you again for doing this. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great day. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Nicole, and especially if you're in a season of life where you are thinking about multiple income streams, I hope that today's podcast session has been particularly helpful for you. You know, I was thinking about this session and there were just a couple of things that resonated for me is one, I, I've been thinking a lot, especially since our daughter's been born, I've been thinking a lot about how big i want to get all of my businesses i've been thinking a lot about multiple income streams and one of the things that i find myself just coming back to over and over again and just being in gratitude for is that i'm in a that we're in a season of life as a family where we have some additional income streams and we have a daughter that's a young age and She's, you know, had some things that we've had to take care of, whether it's been some allergy testing or trying to figure out, you know, doctor's appointments and all of those different things. And I thought about it because, you know, if if she had been born back in 2012, where I just had one income stream. I was an independent contractor kind of in a, in a private practice, then I would have been so stressed and overwhelmed. And I just find myself in a different space mentally when you have income, other income streams, just because you're not, I can now focus on these appointments or I don't have to kind of worry also about income as well. The only reason I share that is I share that with humility, not just not to be like, oh, I created multiple income streams, but more of the relief that it brings, you know, because our field, especially we're in a profession where, especially in private practice, we trade income to create income to, we trade time to create income and especially long-term if we really want to scale. And if we don't want to be doing that long-term, we have to kind of think about additional income streams. So before we wrap up, just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Turning Point HQ for supporting today's podcast session. So Turning Point HQ is the result or is the brainchild of David Frank, who is a financial planner for therapists. And as I've mentioned before, uh, Dave and I actually have gotten to be good friends, just an awesome person to work with. And one of the things that Dave will help us to do is create a holistic and an intentional retirement and of investing plan that supports you to lead a really awesome life. Because ultimately, I think for many of us, it's we invest, right, to create the life that we want, and uh, it's to do it in an intentional way. And Dave, honestly, is just one of the most like heart-centered folks that I've ever met, and you're absolutely going to be in good hands with him. You can learn more about Turning Point HQ and the awesome services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Turning HQ. And if you go through that link, uh, Dave actually created this seven- financial mistakes that therapists make. It's a free downloadable and uh, you can download it right there. And then you also get $200 off any of your, any of the services that Dave provides. Be sure to mention that you heard it on STC. Nicole's link where she again shared is over at Nicole leloya.com forward slash therapist hyphen income hyphen streams. And I'll put that on the show notes page, which again, you can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 200. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com.